0: Welcome to the Celebration Sessions, a podcast unpacking life, loss, and love. As I step further into the world of celebrancy, I want to share my journey as I learn more about just what makes us tick, how we fall in love, how we celebrate the milestones we mark, and how we can talk about the inevitable loss we'll meet along the way. Alongside that, this is my reminder of how important it is now more than ever to celebrate. So thanks for joining me on this journey. This is the Celebration Sessions podcast. Welcome along to the Celebration Sessions once again with myself, Connor Clear. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whenever it is you're tuning in at the moment. Indeed, regardless of uh, when you're listening, I am delighted you're here with me for this episode. And in fact, I will just start with a small note of gratitude. Uh, For all of your feedback and comments through the Celebration Sessions podcast Instagram page. Of course, it is so appreciated. And uh, indeed, I always love to hear from you. So please do keep in touch. Uh, But okay, today's episode. Now, it's a journey. I think of embracing change to find your happy place in life and I've got a very special guest lined up for you to share her story indeed an absolute national treasure in Ireland a trailblazer in fact the first Irish woman to have her own chat show in this country broadcaster hotelier and now motivational speaker and wellness expert Bibi Baskin Bebe hello
1: Hello. What a gross exaggeration there, <laughs> Really, agree. I'm not yeah. up the, that high on the pecking order, but very generous of you to say so. And thanks for this lovely invitation.
0: We'll listen to how fault you wrote. Can't we will to you?
1: Anna Weierfab, no problems, uh, in top form. Uh, and I, the lockdown has treated me very well, so I have nothing to complain about. Indeed. How's
0: it been going for you overall now? We're we're almost a year into this now. How, how have you been?
1: I've loved it. Now, I always feel that that's a very almost undignified thing to say at a time when so many people are genuinely suffering. I mean, they're getting worn out, and I think this, the third lockdown, is the toughest one of them all. In my own case, it suited me because I love where I live and I love being at home and I love doing the things that you can do at home, like reading and studying and writing and the odd time tinkling the ivories. Uh, so I, I haven't been out much at all uh, and I don't miss it greatly. I really don't. And so tinkling the ivories, so you play the piano as well. Now that's something I didn't realise. No, you probably, I, I never talk about it, but I'm, I'm sat here in a room looking at the piano, so I thought I'd throw it in. <laughs> I do. Oh, I took that's... lessons for about 20 years. But then, you know, when I lived in a tropical climate, you can't keep a, a piano in tune in a tropical climate. Uh, so there was no practice there. And I've got really rusty, really, really rusty. So I must give it a bit more time.
0: Very good. Very good. Now, I will say um, I I have always wanted to play the piano. When I was a child, I did lessons. But every time I went in for lessons, for one reason or another, they always ended. So I always just felt it's not meant to be. But we have my uh, my grandmother's uh, piano in the house here. And I do look at it longingly sometimes. I'm like, I need to open the lid on that. And... And even, and even in this day and age with YouTube tutorials, there's, yeah. you know, there's, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. No,
1: you need practice. That's the only thing you have to bring to it. A little bit of practice nearly every day, like learning a language. That's a thing I have been doing uh, during all the lockdowns. I started, like many people, a course on Duolingo. Uh, for me, it's Spanish. And at the moment, they've just congratulated me because I've been on it. Every day for two hundred days—that's how long. Yeah, but I only go on for about ten minutes or so. Uh, but that's—you could do the same with the internet and, and learning the piano. But the key is, pardon the pun—the key is practice a little every day.
0: Oh, very good. It's very good. I will. I do you know what? Having chatted to you today, maybe I will take that advice and actually action that, and uh, maybe really? sit down at the piano. Um. So I wanted. To, to talk about the idea of changes in direction in life. And I think the concept that, you know, people say the only constant in life is change. Mm. I do think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, we don't like it. It's unknown. Um, it, it can be as big a change as, you know, a grief or loss in life, or it can be something trivial or indeed certainly something we can all relate to now at the moment, the changes in our lives due to the pandemic. It is scary, it's unknown, and we don't like it. But something tells me that you've got a very healthy attitude towards change. So what is your relationship with change in life like?
1: Well, in the main, I have absolutely loved it and I've brought it into my life several times and I've enjoyed it all. But that's the sort of lovely voluntary change that we all can create for ourselves. Uh, provided we were in a positive frame of mind. But then there is the one, the other one that you mentioned, the very sad one, the, the, the strain and stress and worry of COVID. Now, for me, I got a big dollop of that type when I was a little girl, when I was six years old. Uh, my beloved father, I've told this story before, took me out for a walk after school about uh, four o'clock. And by six o'clock, he was dead from a heart attack and that sort of change, Connor, had a profound impact on me. I think forever you don't notice these things when you're a kid. It was very young. I just saw a photo of the six-year-old daughter of someone I know on Facebook this morning and every time I see a six-year-old child I look at her and I say, God, that was me when I had to be told my father had suddenly died with no previous warning. And I think What that taught me in more mature years was that nothing lasts forever, as you rightly said. And therefore, there's no point in planning. I really don't plan. I mean, I I used to go to India once I was established there. I, I would go... 48 hours before, I mean, I, I booked the ticket 48 hours before uh, flying. Whereas for other people, oh, my God, they have to build themselves up to it and trip of a lifetime and once a year. So I belong to a very different type of person, I think, when it comes to change. And that first experience of the involuntary change, that that was a big yeah. thing. And it made me more independent because it made me non-reliant on other people and because of that independence, that then gave me the courage to bring change in again. But this time around, the sort that I liked. Big difference.
0: So it sounds like you took that, as, as you say, the, the involuntary change and you, you learned from it.
1: Yeah, I didn't know I was learning, but I suppose the most profound and deep uh, experiences of life do enact big changes in you whether you like it or not, you don't have much control over it.
0: This is true, I guess. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Now you mentioned, um, you you mentioned India and I love actually how you you're almost liken it to a commute really really <laughs> across. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: it really felt like
0: that. Yeah, I, I told a few people that I, I was going to be chatting to you uh, today for the podcast and they said, oh, Bebe Baskin, yeah, didn't she go to uh, India and, and, and open a hotel? Like, so there's this sense that it, it's a, I'll call it a high-profile change in your in your life. So, moving from Ireland to India, this big change. First of all, why India? Where where, where did India come from?
1: Oh, India came very naturally to me. Um, for many years beforehand, I had been studying an Indian system of alternative medicine. It would have been called at the time in Ireland a thing called Ayurveda. And um, I was very much taken with it, and still am today, 30 years later. And so when I had given up my job yet again, this time with uh, ITV and BBC Radio in London, um, I thought, what'll I do? And I had no idea. So I thought I'd go on a holiday, and uh, just to clear the head. And so I chose to go to India because I thought I could increase my understanding and knowledge and have the real experience of Ayurveda, that wellness system. So that's why I chose India. Uh, The only thing that that didn't work out was that I went for three weeks and I stayed for 15 years.
0: (laughs) Wow, 15 years, 15 years. What was life like in India for you?
1: Well, it was extremely different. And I love change, as, as I think is obvious now. And because it was so different, I really embraced it. Uh, first of all, the people were very gentle. I mean, India has its social problems, there's no denying that. But in my own personal experience of it, people were so helpful, there was no bigotry, no racism against me. In fact, if anything, being white, I was treated royally, and being a woman, you know, everybody wanted to help me and do things for me, which was a bit against the brain. But you know, you had a choice. And I always say, if you don't like it, then get the hell out of it, you know. Uh, um, And so I adapted and it changed me in many ways uh, as well. And it slowed me down. I would say before India, I would have been impatient enough, you know, I really would when I was younger. And that's one of the many lessons I learned there Uh, and trying to run a business as well. My God, that was a double whammy. Um, but the, the patience thing came, is it's because Indians have a lovely pace of life. They will not rush. And I'd be the only agent rushing. And all yeah. the staff wouldn't be rushing, you know. <laughs> and I'm telling you a story about that. Uh, I was friendly with the UK consul at the time, and he told me this story. Nigel invited this Indian businessman for a drink one night on a Friday night, you know, at 7 o'clock. And the yeah. businessman arrived at nine o'clock on the Saturday, with no apology and no even noticing it, because in India you see in Hinduism, uh, the, God is in the guest. That's an old favorite kind of religious thing to say. So I figured, in my Western mind, if if you're the guest and God is in you, sure, God can do what He likes. <laughs> I think.
0: So, so I, I would imagine there are those big cultural differences uh a, a, as well like that i mean i i, I guess timekeeping as well as is, is something I, I don't know how strong the irish are on, on timekeeping but but how did you react to those big cultural differences then
1: uh you know i had to chastise myself and i had to respond in a way that was positive i was leading a team of 32 staff in the hotel and they were all oh, wow. indian and all local and deliberately so with more women employed than in any other tourist hotel that uh, was around me. And so I had to make those changes in myself. And uh, because I love change and because I thought that was a good change, and it was, uh, I embraced it in the end. And now you will never catch me rushing. I don't know when I last rushed. Six years ago? Seven? I don't know.
0: Well, that's lovely, yeah. but it's lovely that you've got that pace to life. It is a very beautiful pace to have in your life—to—to—to to, to not be rushing like that. Um, so fifteen years, yeah, uh, in India. What brought you back to Ireland then? Because that would have been another big shift, change to 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 return to, not to as Ireland. Big,
1: no, Conor, not as big. No, and no, what brought me back was, um. Life in India, I know we all complain about life here and, and pre-COVID even, you know, Brussels and traffic jams and commutes and the price of housing and homelessness, we have an awful lot of problems. Uh, and so does India. But Indian life is a lot more difficult and a lot more tiring. You know, the roads are clogged. It's densely populated. Where I was, tropical heat, 30 degrees the whole year round. However, you might like that for a holiday. Uh, It's not great to work in in high humidity. And I was intrigued at the beginning and for many years at how everything fitted together in Indian society and and the people around me fascinated me as well. But after maybe 10, 12 years, you know, that fascination was gone because it had been replaced with familiarity. Uh, And so that excitement had left completely. And I was also getting older. And it is an easier life here. There is no doubt about that. For me, yeah. it's it's easier. And so I felt it was time to come home. And that's what I did.
0: And you came down to the gorgeous, uh, the gorgeous County of
1: Cork. Two reasons for that one, Connor. The first is that I, I again, justice, such a, a strong motif in my life, this change business. I didn't want mm-hmm. to go to Dublin because I'd lived a long time there and loved it. I'm from Donegal, Donegal is still a bit remote, I feel, and I wanted primarily to to try somewhere new. The second reason was that when I was still in India, I believe it was the time of Pat Kelly, Pat had me on the Late Late that long ago, and this it was nearing fun. the end of the Celtic Tiger time, and it so happened that there was a five-star hotel in Cork City that had a completely customised Indian Ayurvedic spa. You know, the money had been spent when the Celtic tiger was there. And all these Indian therapists and an Ayurvedic doctor and and fantastic stuff going on. The problem was that management didn't know a lot about Ayurveda. And they saw me on the late, late. And and they invited me to come down and see how was this going, did I think. And I would come to this uh, hotel about twice or three times a year for a couple of years. And in that way... I got to know Cork. And when it when the time came for me to move back to Ireland, I thought, well, I like Cork. Let's go mm. to Cork. So you see, Ayurveda brought me away from Europe to India, and Ayurveda brought me back to Ireland and to Cork.
0: If that is not the pull of the universe, I don't know what it is. There's something so... Should I use the word serendipitous
1: about that, I think? Is, yeah. that, is, is that what that comes under, I think? Yeah, I think it might also be called some kind of uh, synchro destiny. It's a big word, but I happen to like it. Synchro destiny is the thing that explains what most people would call coincidences, you know, yeah. to coincidence, whereas other people would say, no, that was meant to be, and that was part of yeah. your destiny, and now you're synchronizing with your destiny. I love that idea. I'm fascinated by it.
0: It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And it is so nice. It's so life affirming when you do get those little signs and those, like you said, I don't use the words coincidence, obviously, because no, it's something so much, so much deeper than that. But, but, um, but they're such emotionally weighted, I think. Uh, they mean an awful lot. They're, they're gorgeous when you get them.
1: Do, but also it's not only when we get them, well, it is, we must notice them. They're all around us. Yeah. And you know, I have proof of that because I, I don't did. think I even knew the concept before I went to India but I could not believe the amount of them that would happen to me there. And unfortunately I didn't write them down and it's now, you know, years ago. Uh, but, it, it's the spirituality of India, I think, makes that happen and opens you up to it as well. Still happens a bit here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's something. Can I ask about that then? Is that something you um, engaged with while you were there? Um, is, is that something you experienced, that that sense of spirituality that, that exists yeah, uh, to such a high extent, I think, in India?
1: It is. It is. Um, and it has its good points and its bad points. I mean, I was an atheist for most of my adult life. A Protestant atheist, you could say. Uh, But India changed all that, really. And there wasn't any big aha moment or light bulb moment. It was just a gradual thing that crept in and made me question. And also, I used my time in India to do what I'm doing now again during lockdown, which is to read a lot and not just read flippantly, but to actually make notes and try to learn. Um, And I spent a lot of time doing that in the hotel because I really didn't have much of a social life. Uh, and the reason I didn't have a social life is another profound, profoundly different aspect of India to the Western world. And it is that over 80% of people in India have arranged marriages. So there is this thing in society oh, nice. whereby when you're in your 20s, you really must get married and your parents will pick the suitable spouse. For that reason, there's no dating. So there's no wine bar to go to. There are bars, but it's full of men. Uh, married men, uh, where you might go and meet up with the girls after work. Not at all. And Indian women are pretty conservative in my area anyway, and they don't drink. So there was no social life. And I used the time uh, in the evenings to to do a lot of study. It sounds really boring and it makes me very boring, I'm sure. I
0: don't think so. No, not boring at all. It It, act, it <laughs> sounds very beautiful. And like that, to come back to that idea of just having that pace in life. Um, It sounds gorgeous.
1: Yeah, but I'd go out there and do a bit on the tear as well. By Indian (laughs) thought, I had to have an Indian business partner. So it was safe enough to go out with him. And we would go out maybe once a week and have dinner and a couple of drinks and all of that. And that was lovely, too. You know, Irish style, you want the few wild drinks now and again. I'm not that... Don't perfect. we?
0: Yeah. And actually that lands us on then the idea of balance oh, as well, which is always nice.
1: It's <laughs> very hard to achieve, isn't it? Well, it sounds
0: like you've mastered it, which is gorgeous. Um, but I guess then coming back to Ireland, uh, uh, and it brings us now to the idea that you you found your happy place. Um, and and I, I say that phrase, happy place, as in that is your Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's a private Facebook group. Is it open to applications from the public?
1: It is. But let me just give you a little history on that. Uh, The motivational talks that I used to give all dried up. And like so many people, yourself included probably, um, you know, since March, there's just been nothing. And so I had to try to think of something whereby I could... Pivot, apparently it's called pivoting your business. In other words, I had to create something that would make me a little stream of income. It's not huge; uh, it's th- uh, three weeks old, but it you can apply, and and it's twenty quid a month, uh twenty euros a month, less than a euro a day, and uh, in it you will find all sorts of things that I believe create happiness because they've done it for me. And so, uh, for example. One of the things, that I, the feedback I've got is that this is a one-stop shop now for a lot of things. People had said to me here, you know, we, we love to try meditation, but all the accents are American and we don't want American accents. And I thought, okay, I don't have an American accent uh, and my voice is not the worst part of me. So in it, you will find... <laughs> it's will very beautiful. Huh? <laughs> I'll teach you meditation and then I'll guide you through the meditation. And then also, I put you to sleep at night by reading a sleep story in a very uh, slow and gentle voice. Uh, Not as bad as that, but it's like <laughs> that. And be- it works best at night. And then we have a Mindfulness Monday where I give you all sorts of tips on how to, to lead a more balanced and mindful life. Very good. Uh, and then we have wellness Wednesday where I give you like my morning routines and it's all simple and straightforward. And the idea is that people won't just read it, but that they'll do it. And And they'll
0: engage with it as well.
1: Engage in it and practice it. And that's why I keep every exercise short. I say to them, get up 10 minutes earlier in the day and give those 10 minutes to yourself and come and join me. So I'm hoping now we're three weeks old. I think that's the height of it. Um, and uh, I'm very happy. We've, we've got a lovely little safe community going there. And now some people are buying uh, a thing for their friends, you know. It's it's three three months for 50 quid or one month for 20. And they're buying it nice. as a gift, you know. Uh, so, so I'm very pleased by that. And I hope it'll continue. Well, I,
0: I didn't realize it was still so young when you say it's three weeks old. Because being in the group, uh, it's a very lovely space. Uh, when you come on to to social media, because look at social media, Facebook, Twitter, all of these platforms, there can be such a negative uh, force and negative yeah. energy to them. So when you find a place like BB's Happy Place yeah. uh, on Facebook, it's very beautiful like that. You've got the meditations and um, you've got so many different things happening and it's um yeah, it's a very nice space that you've created. So well, thank, so thank you. you for creating it's that. That's
1: lovely to hear, but may I, may I ask you a question, Connor? Please do. Um, we're not, I'm not getting very many men to join. And I think I'm a very man-friendly sort of gal. <laughs> 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 I think you are. Why not? So yeah. I wonder, is it that men think, are they too proud that they feel they don't need any guidance towards being happier? I'm wondering if it's that. Do you know what? We've
0: probably touched on something very interesting here. When I talk to my friends about mindfulness yeah. and meditation, I do like to meditate. It Invariably, it's all my female friends. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of my male friends. They don't. Yeah. What? Well, well, perhaps it's something we could put out to the listeners I in this podcast. Yeah. Um, let us know if, if you are a male listener. What is it? Do you
1: engage with meditation, mindfulness? It, if not what why not and I also i think it makes uh, it gives you the opportunity to have better relationships You know, if your partner's getting on your wick, as invariably now due to COVID restrictions, I'm sure, you know, living your life more mindfully and learning to take the Buddhist half step back before you react to something and give out to somebody. It does make for a more caring and uh, a kinder relationship. I would love if men would join. I know we're very young yet, but I'm starting to feel that I've almost failed a bit because men are not coming in. So, Connor, this is a great opportunity. I know we hadn't got it planned, but this is (laughs) And you know what? I would love if you would do a podcast with some guy in the future and and find out why men have this resistance to admitting that they need a bit of help to be happier. That's what I think it is.
0: I'm going to take that baton Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go with it um, because I think we have touched on something very interesting. Um, And the big question is why. Why is it so female orientated yeah. i think yeah. um now that listen that's not to say i i am aware i do know um guys who are open to those yeah. ideas but they're just not as common um and it is probably something that that that's worth exploring so yes i will take that button. wow that'd be fantastic thank you yeah um i i do want to touch on your book as well i've got it right here in front of me oh. the happy book yeah Uh, Volume 2, it is such a beautiful book I was really blown away by it Um, A little book of, would you call them
1: affirmations, messages I call them, do you know what I call them? Straightforward tips Little tips that you can bring into your life Every day or every week, whatever you like Just dip into the book, open it up And you'll find something that might give you A little nudge towards the goal of happiness That's why it's called the the happy uh, the happy book the
0: happy book yeah and it's, very and it's simple
1: you know it's not a big weighty thing to read it's very simple indeed
0: well I would say it's 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 very beautiful in its simplicity I would say um, oh thank you so so a handful of different quotes jumped out at me that I, I just wanted to put to you um, and it's it's relevant to a conversation I had with with somebody recently and it says smile in the supermarket queue yeah you never know how much the other person needs it
1: and do you know why I put that in. Connor, when I came back from India, which is now about six years ago, first of all, India taught me how to smile. Unfortunately, I don't have the glorious white beaming teeth of India, (laughs) but they smile all the time. And when I came back, that was one of the very few things that I felt had changed in Ireland. Irish people have forgotten how to smile. You see them in the supermarket, you stand back, let them go through the door first. They don't even acknowledge you. You let the guy in the car go ahead of you. Used to be he'd give you a little wave. No, nothing now. So I, I think people need to smile more, and it makes you feel good. And as that quote says, it could be a very, very positive little action in the life of that other person.
0: And 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 the smiles are just so contagious uh, uh, as well. And again, something that I've learned recently because certainly when we're out and about, when we're in supermarkets, we have our masks on. It's hard to transfer that smile. But in fact, here's what I've learned: you smile with your eyes as well. You
1: Do you do absolutely? That's the way to go. Yeah. For moment.
0: So the the book. Where where can we get the book? Because Ooh. it is beautiful, and I would. Uh-huh really invite my listeners to to go and pick up a copy of this because because it's gorgeous i was really taken by it
1: thank you so much for those kind words if you go to my website there's a button you can press there because you can buy it online now and the website is just bbbaskin.ie it's a very simple one and there on the home page you'll see the, the the book and if you want to join the facebook group bb's happy place just send me a little message on facebook um it's, there's actually a, a little mini website about it, which is www.bbshappyplace.ie. But if you want to contact me directly, I'm very easy to find, you see, on Facebook and everywhere. Yeah. There aren't too many B.B. Baskins, whereas there are a few Mary <laughs> Murphys, you know. <laughs> just contact me there and I'll get you sorted. <laughs> this
0: is it. This is it. Um, I think we might start to just wrap up by maybe... I always like the idea for, for, for listeners to have something tangible to, to, to take away. You know, what do you think we can do to cultivate more happiness in our lives?
1: Oh Well, there are so many different things, but it would be it would take too long to go into the mall, uh, I think that there are a number of immediate things you can do. The first thing you have to do is practice acceptance. What does that mean? That just means that instead of fighting against everything that's going on around you, you know, we have, we use this horribly aggressive language. In fact, I wrote about it, I think it was only yesterday in our mindful Monday in Bibi's happy place, that our language is far too aggressive, you know, never give up fight to the bitter end, I'm going to fight cancer. No, no, no. These things are terrible, but we just have to get into a nice mode of gentleness and acceptance that this is how things are at the moment. And when you stop fighting against all that stuff, you'll be much happier. And the second thing is, because I know we don't have much time, gratitude. We have a thing on a Friday in the group where we practice gratitude. And what is that? We call it Fab Friday. And uh, what we do is we pick out one event, maybe a little small thing that happened during the week that made us feel better. And we give gratitude for that. And so all the members now are focusing on the good stuff that happened in the week. And that will also make you much happier. There's a lot more, but you'll see it in the group in the book, I suppose.
0: Well, do you know what? Um, I did want to just wrap up with a little quote that I was going to give you. And it's it's gorgeous that you've ended with gratitude because that's what the, the quote surrounds. Um, we had a little back and forth on Instagram um, and it's probably where we connected and bonded really over Rumi, the oh. 13th century oh, Persian yeah. poet and Islamic scholar. Yeah. So I just thought I might share a little word about gratitude from Rumi. Mm-hmm. And it is, and it's something that jumped out at me because it made me laugh, but it's gratitude is wine for the soul. Go on, get drunk.
1: I know it, yeah. It's lovely, absolutely lovely. And the very idea of telling somebody to get drunk, but in a spiritual way, fantastic. Oh, that's gorgeous. I've got pumps.
0: Ah, very good. Well, listen, Bibi, I won't take up uh, any more of your time. It has been really lovely chatting to you. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, for sharing your joy and happiness, and and for sharing your bright light as well.
1: That's very kind of you indeed, and I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you,
0: Conor. Go meal Oh, Go uh, uh, there, there will be a... <laughs> I was going to continue talking in Irish there. But there will be uh, another time. Hopefully, Bibi, you'll, you'll come back and, and chat to me again.
1: I'd love to. Thank you so much.
0: Listen, I'm looking forward to hearing from listeners uh, who I'm confident uh, will have gotten an awful lot out of that. And as we mentioned earlier on, indeed, the the, the gender balance between um, the people who uh, engage with mindfulness and meditation as well, certainly a conversation that I will want to uh, come back to. Just to say again, you can get Bibi's book on bbbaskin.ie. Um, listen, LeGraw, Sloan, uh, thank you, BB. And uh, thank you to the listener. Thank you once again for joining me. This has been The Celebration Sessions.